Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we all expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. This morning, I just want to remind you before we start that Today will be our love feast. So if you're listening to this from home, uh, it might be a good time to run and get your cracker and the juice or something to drink. We will be doing the love feast um, during the service. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, life can be confusing and scary. We not only suffer the consequences of our own bad choices, but the outside circumstances of this fallen world. Suffering and injustice seems to be the headlines of each and every day. But your word tells us we can trust and find hope in you. Nothing surprises you, Father God. You have counted our days and knit us together in our mother's womb. You are always present, Father, so no matter the time of day or the threat at hand, you are ever so close to us. You assure us you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Bless us with your presence of the Holy Spirit this morning, as we not only come to give you honor and praise, but to find comfort in your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please join me in the call to worship. Our help is from God who made heaven and earth. We come to worship the one who answers our prayers. God has lifted each one of us in unique ways. We gather to rejoice in his love and faithfulness. We are here to discern God's will. May we be open to his transforming spirit. This morning's lady scripture comes from Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Matthew 8, 1 through 13. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, 
and to my slave do this. And the slave does it. When Jesus heard him, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the heirs of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you according to your faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We open now to our um, joys and concerns. And if you're at home, man, just yell it out. Yell out names and circumstances and uh, challenges, just anything that's going on with your family, your employment, uh, doctor visits, just anything that's happening. Uh, don't be afraid to, to mention them, please. Let us pray. Father God, we are tempted to worry about so many things. Our world is a mess. Forgive us for focusing on anything or anyone but you. Thank you for the Bible that equips and empowers us to live each day. Right now, we declare that you are our only hope. Please, help us remember that you really are in control. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of this morning's message is God's Got This. God's Got This. We've been discussing mankind's challenge to be God's image bearers over the past several weeks. But today, with your permission, I'm going to put that subject on hold for another week. As I worked my message for today, my spirit was troubled over the current events, and I felt it was important to address those events this morning. As you all know by now, our president has been hospitalized with COVID-19. His diagnosis seems to answer the question everyone's been asking this year. What's next? What else could possibly happen in the year 2020? His diagnosis has knocked the wind out of our country, whether you are a fan of his or not. Our president, the leader of the free world and his wife have both contracted the virus and the whole world is watching, wondering what will happen to America now? Although most in our nation have expressed best wishes for their recovery, some have publicly proclaimed that they hope they both die. Well, we'll address that sickness on another Sunday. Today I want to remind you of where we are called to place our hope. But first, let me ask, how many of you consider John Wayne to be one of your heroes? I think it would be safe to say that he was a hero to most Americans back in the day. But when the Duke was diagnosed with lung cancer, the whole world paused. Cancer was, and still remains, one of the greatest fears of humankind. At the time John Wayne received the diagnosis, it was pretty much a death sentence. They didn't have the medical technology we have today to fight cancer and to beat it. The whole world watched as our nation's hero battled lung cancer for many, many years. His battle became our battle, and when he was declared cancer-free, 
I believe the headlines read, John Wayne beat the big C, or something to that effect. The whole world joined in the celebration, not only for his victory, but for ours. After all, if John Wayne could beat that deadly disease, maybe, just maybe, we could as well. <clears throat> Unfortunately, our hope was short-lived. He ended up dying from stomach cancer in 1979. And before that, we had John F. Kennedy, JFK. He was also a hero to the nation, both Democrats and Republicans alike. JFK had an enormous impact on the whole world. It was said he was a symbol of change in the status quo and that he inspired men and women throughout the world to tackle difficult challenges of the age. Many claim America became a superpower because of his leadership. And most Americans remember that fateful day in 1963 when he was assassinated. The country, perhaps even the world, went into turmoil. For a time, all the hopes and dreams of Americans seemed to disappear with his death and turmoil followed soon after. Within a few years, America would send their sons to a far-off country called Vietnam. This was the first war that was actually televised in America, and they showed clips of what was happening in Vietnam, essentially bringing the war into American living rooms. It was actually referred to as the Living Room War. The riots in Protests that resulted changed the dynamics of our great nation. America had lost its faith and trust in our government and its leaders. Fast forward a few decades and we remember in shock when President Reagan was shot. And then the country watched in horror a few years later when a space shuttle Challenger exploded on national TV. And who will ever forget the tragedy of 9-11. But even through all these tragedies, my brothers and sisters, I remind you what Moses said to Joshua in Deuteronomy 31.8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. This promise to Joshua is the same promise to every person that calls on the name of the Lord, to all who believe in him, and to all who have accepted him as their Lord and Savior. In the flesh, we tend to put our faith in people, in nations, and in government. But the Bible tells us to put our faith in God. We were disappointed and fearful during all those tragedies and deaths I spoke of earlier. But if we continue to put our faith and hope in worldly things, we will continue to be disappointed and fearful. Psalm 91.1 tells us to trust in our Creator. It reads, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then we have what is known as the six wills of God in verses 14 through 16. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will 
answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. On a side note, I'm guessing several of you actually counted each will as I read it. But don't worry, I do the same thing. So we're called to place our trust in God and God alone. People will disappoint us and let us down. I will disappoint you and let you down. We are human, made up of flesh that is prone to sin and mistakes. This would be a good place to remind you that although we do make mistakes and disappoint, Jesus still commands us, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So in the midst of all this year and fear um, in 2020, we once again need to go to the basics for reassurance and guidance. Those in the world who don't believe in God may ask those that do, where is your God among this pandemic? Well, may I suggest we turn to those beautiful words of King David in Psalm 42, 1 through 6, when he was in torment. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. We are to place our hope and trust in God and God alone. Mary Sutherland wrote, We need to live every minute of every day knowing that no matter what we face, we can truly say, God's got it. When the bills are piling up and we don't see a way to pay them, God's got it. When our child is going against everything we believe in and stand for, God's got it. When we need a job, but every interview and application leads nowhere, God's got it. When a doctor says that test results are not good, God's got it. When our marriage seems to be falling apart, God's got it. When we focus only on what we can see and understand or explain, we will worry. Fear and doubt will become familiar companions if we live each day against the backdrop of this broken world and our desperate circumstances. She ends with the reminder, our only hope is God. Fear is an inevitable, inevitable part of our humanity, brothers and sisters, but Christ wants us to walk confidently through life, not be paralyzed by fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 reminds us, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Jesus is our rock when we feel the avalanche of worry and the anxiety in our lives. 
The world may be pushing in on us from all directions with every kind of crazy this year. But we need to remember, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Amen. We can all agree, 2020 has been one crazy year. But let's put it in perspective. Let's go back a few thousand years, back to the time of Jesus. Jesus himself warned his disciples of what would happen to him. We read what he taught them in Mark 9, 31. He said, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But when Jesus was arrested, his followers fled. They had hoped he would overcome the power of the Roman government and establish a new kingdom. But now their hopes disappeared with his arrest and crucifixion. The disciples believed their hopes died with Jesus. They were filled with fear for their own future. What would become of them? What would become of their world now? What would their world look like without Jesus? We all know what our world looks like without Jesus. We witness the hatred and violence every day. But in John 16:33, Jesus reminds the disciples and us, in the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. So the disciples were lost, scared, and confused, much like the world has been over this past year. But the resurrection of Jesus reminds all of us to put our hope and trust in him, not the world, and certainly not the circumstances we encounter in our daily lives. And that is my reminder to you again today. Regardless of the circumstances we face, regardless of the condition of the world, we are to put our faith in Jesus Christ. We need to proclaim God's got this. My prayer today is that each of us will leave here filled with the same faith as the centurion. Faith that Jesus will heal the president. Faith that Jesus will heal this nation. Faith that Jesus will heal this world. Faith that Jesus has forgiven our sins and will receive us into his kingdom to spend eternity with him when he calls us home. There is no hope outside of Jesus. I will end with the words of Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Allow me to read this prayer I found from John Birch. Let us pray. We want for nothing if we listen to our God, his gentle whisper breaking through the storms of life. We want for nothing if we rely, we rely upon our God, his grace enough to bring healing into broken lives. 
We want for nothing in the service of our God, in blessing others through our lives, so we are blessed. We want for nothing in the worship of our God. His Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will satisfy our souls. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountaintop and valley deep. Your footsteps are guide, hands are support. Ever-present God, you are close to us when life is smooth or rough, in wholeness and brokenness. You're healing our hope, your touch, our desire. Ever-present God, bring comfort and peace and the warmth of your presence, and I shall fear no thing, for you are with me always. And now let us join this morning as one body, praying the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Join me this morning as we uh, celebrate with a love feast. And if you remember, the love feast, or agape meal, is a Christian fellowship meal that recalls the meals Jesus shared with his disciples. The love feast is intended to express the community, sharing, and fellowship enjoyed by the family of Christ. The emphasis during this feast is on the Lordship of Christ, and a fellowship of all believers. So let us partake together, recognizing the authority of Christ in our lives, as well as our love for our community, gathered here or listening here today. Please, eat and drink, my brothers and sisters. All gifts come from God. All that we have received, we receive from his hand. As a reminder of the truth that he owns it all, God calls us to reinvest back into his kingdom what he entrusted to us. May our investment today help in his kingdom work. I thank you all for your obedience with your tithes and offerings over this (laughs) hectic summer, I'll say. Let us pray. Lord, you have blessed us with such love and goodness. We wonder at the beauty of your creation. We thank you for the sustenance of food and drink, and we cherish the love of family and friends. Lord, we offer these gifts to you today with thankful hearts and in joyous praise. As we give our money and resources, we surrender our whole beings to you in worship and adoration. May this offering extend the work of your kingdom in your church, your community, and into the beautiful world which you have made. In Jesus' name, amen. We are God's servants sent on a mission. Let us make his deeds known among all the people we meet. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Seek to live honorably in the spirit of Christ. And now please receive the benediction. And now may God who puts all things together and makes all things whole, 
who made a lasting mark through the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of blood that sealed the eternal covenant, who led Jesus, our great shepherd, up and alive from the dead, now puts you together, provides you with everything you need to please him, make us into what gives him most pleasure by means of the sacrifice of Jesus, the Messiah. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless.